Caltech listeners. I'm your host this week, Hayley Levine. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas, and best practice in health and social care. This week, we're back with Thomas Porteous, founder of Iatro. Iatro, we'll talk a little bit, we've already talked about it in the last um, episodes, but if you didn't catch that, please go back and watch it because there's some really interesting information all about patient communication, practice websites, and what primary care can do to improve. But we do have some more questions for Tom today, so thank you for joining us again. Thank you very much. On to your business anyway. You've done amazingly well. Founded in 2019, was yeah. it? Yeah. And already, how many awards are you on? <laughs> uh, quite quite a few. Uh, we've, yeah. You know, we've been we've been really lucky. Uh, I often joke that uh, we're just really good at writing uh, award <laughs> applications. Um, and you know, for, for us, you know, some of the awards are, are health tech specific, and some of them are, are, are kind of West Yorkshire Leeds based. And mm. you know, each one is about something else for us. So, you know, we're really proud around being recognised as, you know, this may be a pattern for what health tech looks like going mm. forward. We want more of that. Um, but equally, we're really proud of... of so, you know, one of the big, the first big awards we won with the Leeds Digital Festival Awards. So, you know, it's a free award. It's voted on by um, the, you know, the local tech community. Uh, and that was our first in-person event since we started the business. So, you know... Lots and lots of, you know, bedroom offices across the team, and there's 15 of us now. Um, but that was the first time that we stood up on a stage, and the, that's the picture that's on the website. And, you, you know, you can probably tell we all look a little bit emotional about it. Um, and it was really from there that we started to look outside of the business a little bit more and, 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 and being more strategic about what we want to do. You know, we're a young business. We're three years old. Um, we've had lots of support close to home, so... Yorkshire and Harrogate uh, ICS care partnership they're our first big customer so we sell direct practices and build that relationship and we also work at commissioning level that was our first commissioning level deal um, and for that to be close to home was fantastic mm. you know I go on the local Facebook groups now and see people you know complaining about practice websites and straight away I'm like right because you know <laughs> they've got a contract with us so they can switch to us for free you know yeah. that was really nice to see um, yeah. that brings it close that brought it closer to home for us um, and was really important. The rest of the Leeds digital tech scene has been really supportive as well. Leeds is such a hub for tech, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Yeah. I wonder if companies like Radar based there, you know, you've got some of the bit bigger primary care suppliers, lots of startups. Um, uh, Paceline PR do the, the Leeds digital tech map and it's absolutely fantastic to see mm-hmm. all the new lines, all these startups. Um, I found kind of the kinship and friendship with with that Leeds Tech community to be mm. really supportive of me building the business yeah. and and being able to do that because it's hard it's hard sometimes to share the struggles and you know you always want to put on a brave face you know we're you know a young business three years old you know we've got a team mm. there is a pressure on me sometimes to feel like well you know I'm paying people's mortgages I need to make sure that this business exists for a reason it's not yeah. you know it's not a lifestyle business for us. What we really want to do is grow something that will be here for the long term and make the right decisions to do that. And that sometimes means, you know, things are, you know, things are sticky and tough and, you know, you have to, to book up and, and get on with it. And the Leeds Tech community is really great for that. You know, we've met some fantastic founders. We've built some great relationships. Some are doing wonderful things in health tech and we've been really helpful for them. Some people are doing other stuff in other industries and hearing their journey and where they've come through um, has been really important. We've grown this business with very little investment, so we've not taken loads of VC funds or anything like that. Um, we've invested our own cash in. We're very lucky that practices are choosing to support us. 
Mm. Practices are very vocal about wanting something different to the status quo, but that only happens if practices vote with a fee and trust trust us. And you know that is that there is a trust where managing patient care. If our systems go down, that has a direct impact on patients. We're really really mindful of that. Those practices have trusted us, and we take that really seriously. Um, but that, you know that's that's been a great um, that's been a great journey. Um, <laughs> so that you know that's one of the things that we we think about quite a lot. Yeah, trust me. With um, I bet you've spoken to a lot of business owners that say it never gets easier, and it never. You know, you say like, oh, you know, we're only three years old. When you're twenty years old, you'll probably have the same the same worries that keep you up at night. Um, but you've done, you have done really well, and I can imagine you've been at Emas Health for a long time, so you've already got a lot of relationships and experience in that sector. So did you did you kind of reach out when you moved to to the practices because um, they already knew you? They were already. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think legally, it's very important to, to point out that uh, there was no <laughs> Sorry, there was no communication with with past customers. Um, so when 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 uh, I left the my previous business and when we started Iatro, we spent a lot of time up front developing the products and, and, and spending the time. We had some relationships already, which were really important for us to kind of say, look, this is what we think mm-hmm. of doing, and getting some early commitments that let us invest the time in doing that work. That was really important for us, and we you know, you know, that was useful at the time. Um, but what's been quite interesting is that a lot of our growth has been from other practices that we didn't have relationships or areas mm. we weren't working with and having those people that we did know cheering us on, you know, that's been been really supportive. Mm. You know, practices are in long contract cycles for a lot of stuff. Some of this stuff is on three-year frameworks. So, you know, for us, it was about checking in with practice and saying, are you all right? You know, are you okay? What's going on this week? Mm. Is there an opportunity for us to help? Uh, that meant it was developing new systems sometimes and sometimes that was just about saying, well, actually... We think these are the guys that you need to work with. So, you know, we've, we've maintained those relationships and we've grown those relationships and that's great. But what we do translates really well. And mm. Practice managers on the face of it understand. We can save them time, we can save them effort. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So it's not just practice websites that you do. Talk to me a little bit about kind of hidden digital compliance and how, what do people need to look out for when it comes to things like that? So, yeah, so I talk about accessibility. Um so, the, so the, I guess the big carrot for practices and the big stick for practices were the was the change in the public sector accessibility regulations. So, mm-hmm. new legislation, and I say new, twenty eighteen, came into effect for anyone who already had a website twenty twenty one. So this is hitting middle COVID, mm-hmm. Home Office, Equality Human Rights Commission, auditing sites, paying practices, big fines. Accessibility is a profession in its own right, and is really really difficult. No website that we've ever scanned has scored 100%. It's just not the case. So practice is often quite quite wary, and they rely on, on providers who say, oh, yes, it's accessible. We're realistic with practices. So our software supports accessibility. It helps the website meet the standard, but you need to play your part. You need to not put PDFs on there that don't have screen-readable text. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start talking to practices about the other benefits of accessibility, the penny drops. And you know we talk a lot about, well, how does accessibility affect us in real life? So accessibility is absolutely a lifeline for people who have needs that require those features, but that stuff is helpful for everyone else. So when I cross a Pelican Crossing and and it's beeping, fantastic, (laughs) that is an audio signal for me that I can cross. Brilliant, made my life easier. Nobody put that there for me. 
You know, that was for people who, who wouldn't be able to, 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 to note across the road. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with stuff online. So if you have an accessible website, it's going to load faster. It's going to rank higher on Google. It's going to be easier for other systems to pull that information out, like Alexa or, you know, the voice assistants to pull that information if it's all packaged up into the website. Other patients will find that information easier to understand, digest, and get to the right place. And when you start talking like about accessibility like that, you start from accessible rather than it's something to add on then that becomes much easier mm-hmm. practices you know are in a unique position around accessibility because by the nature of the work they do they're far more likely to come across someone who has profound accessibility needs so we've done work with microsoft um which was fantastic so mm-hmm. we've integrated their uh, in, we've integrated their accessible reader tool they were really supportive of us again you know we're a small UK startup, you know, who are we to Microsoft? Really great to get the support from the UK accessibility team to push that in. Mm. We've done lots of work um, with the NHS digital team. Uh, so our websites are based on what is called the NHS front end framework. So it looks like NHS. We say sisters, not twins. So it still feels like their brand, <laughs> but it, it feels NHS. Yeah. And we've, we've done all that work in the open. That works all open source. It's on GitHub. Other suppliers are now using it which is brilliant, you know, we're not we're not upset about that at all because that was the point. So, you know, if we can get everything accessible, you've got more people using stuff, that works really well. But again, it's that reminder that practices, they know how to do this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's obvious that you would put a ramp in front of your surgery. It should be obvious that you wouldn't put all your text inside an image that you can't, you know, mm-hmm. you can't use. And again, yeah. it's, you know, it's again, you know, the beeping isn't for me. But yeah. if the text isn't an image, then actually I can copy and paste that and send that to someone else. Yeah. So it's not just about screen readers and, and things like that. It's about the content being there, and that's what you care the most about. Mm. You know. So we talk practices. PDFs are the one to watch out for. You know, that's the big one. I hate PDFs. Uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, when did this become? When did it? When did this become the format? Give me a you know, give me give a proper me a HTML. <laughs> Uh, document all day every day you know I'm not going to print it you know the amount of uh, third sector organisations and even public sector organisations that are sending uh, PDFs to practices to put on the website Uh, my favourite accessibility faux pas has to be that the guidance for the accessibility regulations on gov.uk is a brilliant PDF Absolutely mental. You know, there's a message in there saying contact to meet us if you need it in other formats. But that you know, that's the that's the thought process. So, you yeah. know, we say start with the website and then figure out else what you're gonna do with the content. Don't do the the poster for the notice board first. You know, yeah. take that content and push that out everywhere. There's nothing worse than looking at a PDF on a website and you can't read it and you've got to zoom in on your phone and because it doesn't obviously shrink when you on a mobile compared to a, a desktop and it it's just silly. We're in 2022, people. Is it exactly? You know, you know, you know, me and you were you know fairly 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 young, fairly modern. Fairly. You know, we've got great phones. Yeah. And it's not about people not having phones or not having yeah. good phones, but PDFs are, are difficult for lots of reasons yeah. because now to down to open it, I have to download it onto my phone. Yeah. PDF can be too meg. 70% mm. of people don't have mm. a phone that that could do that. You're now not on the website. You close the PDF. I'm back at my home screen. Where was that? Where was I on the website? Did I click <laughs> on that through Facebook? What, you know, and these are real yeah. issues for patients. You know, uh, people often say, oh, you know, you know, the elderly 
you know don't use online services they're the biggest they they're the biggest yeah. user of online <laughs> services and benefit the most yeah you know, if you ask people you know to if you ask people to guess what are the biggest users of games on facebook they're going to tell you it's teenagers and it's not it's, it's, not, women, it's women yeah. over 40 you know yeah, my mom uses my facebook to play games <laughs> yeah you know, and it's about cha- it's about challenging these yeah. presumption assumptions and making sure that people mm. understand where that stuff lies and why and things like pdfs often go feel easy to, to do it but if you don't understand the impact you know we do the work to package that knowledge up for mm. practices to do that websites are one way that we do that one contact which is our e-consultation platform is another way of doing mm. that and that's in a much friendlier patient way so we let practices change when and when they offer each form how many of each form rather than saying all or nothing um, and that's you know that's super important yeah no yeah i agree completely um so Obviously, the sec- you talked a lot about the sector and the challenges that they face. Do you think that it's not not just primary care, but in general, do you think that the sector has a long way to go when it comes to accessibility and general digital access? Absolutely. So it's one of those battles you'll never win. You'll, you'll never win, but we are definitely a far, 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 mm. far away from where we should be. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to say that without people being disheartened. You know, we're a long way away from that. But equally, we're a long way away from that in the rest of society in general. Mm. So accessibility in general. Like, we're only just now getting the British Sign Language Bill in Parliament because we've had someone, you know, do really well uh, on, on Strictly. That's that's crazy <laughs> that, that, you know, something like that, which isn't a hid- necessarily a hidden accessibility need, yeah. is only now just being recognised to the point of legislation that we're going to have to use BSL. And we did some great work with a, a startup called Signly to get uh, the BSL real tr- language translation in the websites, mm. you know, which is, you know, lots of people don't understand that BSL is a separate language. It's not a translation of yeah. English. And people who only speak BSL are not going to have as great uh, comprehension of English. So a lot of people go, well, you know, they can just read it in English. That's not going to be appropriate for the vast majority of content. Yeah. Sign they do some really great work in that area. And we, yeah. you know, we, we, we want them to succeed and do lots more. Um, but I guess that's my point. You know, Accessibility, we, we're not there as a society. We're not there around accessibility as a society in, in any area, digital or physical, in any sector. Healthcare probably has more of a focus on it than anywhere else for obvious reasons. But equally, I think that puts them in a position to, to lead the way and model. There's some really great customers who really care about this stuff. So we're working with some um, PCNs across Manchester, really, really invested in that. Mm. You know, some of the work that we've done with uh, RCGP um, and uh, IGP actually as well, to be fair, around some of that stuff, really, really forward thinking you know, how do I get this information to patients? How do I get this information in different languages? How do I get it in different formats mm-hmm. in a really easy-to-use way? Um, and, you know, there's, there's definitely best practice out there. We think that we can help push that uh, forward. But, again, we're doing that with other providers. So, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. Absolutely, the, the market wants it there because, actually, you know, if you're being a bit, um, I don't know, tongue-in-cheek, you know, the more people who can use digital services, it's mm. easy for those startups and those, you know, to, to, to go raise funding because actually you can get the user adoption. So even if you don't take it from an altruistic point of view, you know, adoption is the name of the game for a lot of those companies. And if it's accessible, you're opening your market, you're getting more usage. So that's, that's, that's really the name of the game for us. You know, the more mm. patients we can connect, whoever those patients are, super, super important for us. 
Do you have one particular example of a customer that you work with that's doing all this really well? Uh, I think because primary care is so busy, I don't think there's a single customer that's doing everything perfect. Um, we've certainly got customers who are pushing the, the bar and, and really investing in that. So mm. the work that we're doing with the PCNs across Man- Manchester and Swinton, they're doing some really fabulous work around really thinking about that. There's some practices in London. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, there's some practices in London who are really invested in that. We've got some really lovely work there. Yeah. Um, North East London as an area actually been doing lots of work for long COVID. You know, that's been a new service that did not exist in the yeah. NHS and having to start that service up. But they've done the work up front mm. to make sure that that referral pathway works for everyone across London in a really easy to use way. Mm. Um, and I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that close to home, you know, the Leeds CCG, the West Yorkshire CCGs and the, the wider ICS led by, you know, these two really good federations locally, really, really care about that stuff. Mm. So that when it comes to language, so that when it comes to Ukrainian refugees, really making sure yeah. that the work's done mm. up front to support people rather than waiting for people to have issues. Nice, yeah. So to summarise, give me one piece, <coughs> piece sorry. sorry, give um, our listeners one piece of advice to summarise everything you've said. I know that's really hard. Uh, yeah, so I don't think I've ever been asked to do, say one thing uh, and managed it. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll do some advice for, for practices and some okay. advice for patients. So I think, you know, practices and anxious organisations need to look at this. You know, you can't hide away from it, but it's also not scary and hard. So if there's one thing that they could go away and do today, would be to go speak to their website provider and say, I'm worried, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, start the conversation. The answer is either going to be yes or no. And if it's yes, great. And if it's no, it's not that difficult. There's lots of help out there. Um, for patients, I would say, go and look at the digital tools that are available for you and share your thoughts. Providers need to know what's working and what's not. And your GP needs to know. It's not about saying, go and complain. It's about saying, this is what was useful for me. This is what's not. Practices everywhere in the UK are doing engagement at the moment. PCNs are forming as new organisations. They're doing engagement. You will be getting service through from practices. Make sure you give that feedback because the people who are uh, having a negative experience are absolutely going to do that. So we need the good news stories to help practices understand what is working well. I do not want... um, a situation where my own practice stops offering some of the services they do. Uh, I moved during the pandemic. I'm in a new practice. I picked that practice very intentionally because I knew I could get online access to my records. I knew I could get e-consultations 24-7 a day. That has made a massive difference to my ability to access that stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, thank you. I've got one more question for you. Now, this question's a bit of fun. So this is our What the Hell Tech moment. What this means is you need to tell me a story, a weird and wonderful story that has happened to you in in the health and social care world. If you can't think of anything weird and wonderful, then anything that's been life-changing, does something that stood out to you, whether funny or or just a wow moment. Uh, I think uh, Panorama and uh, Daily Mail articles aside, uh, I think (laughs) the vast majority of uh, GPs are are wonderful, very intelligent uh, people. Uh, I do have a really poignant remem- uh, memory from earlier on in my career. So my background, I've worked in health forever, uh, but one of the things I used to do was IT support. So the you know IT crowd, turn it on and get level support. Um, my favourite ever call I got from a practice was saying, everything on the screen's rotated. Half an hour later, tried everything, changed all the settings, we remoted on, 
could not figure out what's going on. In the end, we asked them to physically rotate them on a 90 degrees so that the power button was back in the correct place and everything was <laughs> oh fine. And for me, you know, it's just, it, it's horses for courses, you know. I am fantastic at IT. They're much better at diagnosing medical conditions. <laughs> Probably didn't notice that the, the, the screen was physically on its side, but, you know, we got there in the end and... Uh, but, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a fond it's a fond memory um, the other IT support thing that we often do is you know you can, it's not nice to tell people to unplug it and plug it back in again people go you know I'm a trained medical professional why would I need to do that I'm telling you it's not working so often what I would say is you know sometimes dust can work its way into the connector so if you like to you know okay. unplug it blow it back in uh, and plug it back in it'll probably be okay nine times at times it was the amount of people who say there was tons of dust in there <laughs> I'm absolutely sure there was. You absolutely just let, sure. it, let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, I can't stand it when you speak to someone on the phone. You're like, oh, I should have done that. I know that you're going to say this to me. And why? Anyway, you, yeah. you think it's bad. You think it's bad for a layperson when I have to call BT and get my internet, and they're just like, True. you're going to run me through the checklist. I've done all this, but you know, you know, you just, you just got to do it and uh, come out the other side. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's advice from Tom. Thank you so much for coming um, today. It's been really, really good to see you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you've um, given us some great advice, so thank you for that. Next week, we are speaking to Sarah Adams. She's project manager at Radar Healthcare. Been here for four years, and for the last four years, she's been working with our partners to help them achieve successful implementations. So I'm sure there'll be lots of really exciting stuff to come from that. Don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you've got any questions for us, our guest, Thomas, then please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com. Thank you.